All right, well, welcome to our midweek service, our 7 o'clock service for those in the house and those that are watching uh, online. So uh, we, uh, well, want to thank Pastor Mel. She's actually uh, done a good job. The last three services, I, I know the two Sundays, yeah, she taught on a, uh, on identity thief, and then last Wednesday she taught on uh, sold out. Uh, I, I got to watch. I was in New Jersey. Uh, just did a little uh, uh, reset, refocus trip. It was uh, had a good time. Missed you guys. Uh, Newark, New Jersey is a whole nother world from here. So, uh, but uh, really had some good insight. And actually, I was telling Ed this a few minutes ago. It's one thing, you know, when you go into uh, an environment that you were raised in. It helps you appreciate the whole picture, you know. Appreciate the church, appreciate my, well, appreciate my wife, appreciate the church, appreciate uh, everything. You, you, you really get to see. And I got some pictures I was showing Ed um, that I didn't know existed because, you know, I grew up with foster parents in the first part of my life. So I only had, for a long time, I was rolling with two pictures, you know, second grade and fifth grade. Uh, and uh, I got about 12 maybe. 11 or 12 pictures uh, that I, I didn't even know existed. So some situations I didn't even know took place. So that was kind of, uh, I thought that was pretty cool also. All right, let's get into this word. So this probably uh, line up, I'm sure, between this sermon and Sunday, you'll hear a lot about my trip. You know how God does. He'll probably pull some things in that I discovered. All right, so uh, our foundational scripture, the last time we taught this, which was two weeks ago, was 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 11, that's a familiar scripture here at the church. Uh, so when I was a child, I spake as a child, thought as a child, right? But when I became a man, I put off childish things. And we talk about how, you know, children are so uh, um, unintentionally selfish, you know, change my diaper um, and feed me, right? They're, you know, as they grow, they're thinking about themselves. But when you become a man, you actually think outside of yourself. I'll give you another contrast. You know, a child is, hasn't learned how to operate in love. So love is always thinking about others, right? So a child hasn't really grown to think outside of themselves and think about what's best for others. They're thinking about what's best for themselves. Now, I thought this is interesting. Uh, Sunday, we're going to talk about flowing in the gifts. And so in my study, this was so interesting is that Scripture is smack dab and is right on the end of the love chapter, Right? But the interesting thing is 1 Corinthians 13 is right before 1 Corinthians 12. No, right before 1 Corinthians 14, right after 1 Corinthians 12. And those three chapters are really talking about the uh, uh, operating in the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and the gifts of help and gifts of administration and how we as a body uh, are afforded these gifts. But at the end it says, um, it tells you to cover earnestly the best gifts and I know I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty much flowing. These are, uh, Marcus won't have these scriptures up there for the people online. But 1 Corinthians, when it ends in 1 Corinthians, uh, so 1 Corinthians talks about the diversities of gifts, the diversities of ministration, but the diversities of operation, right? It's talking about the various gifts. Then it breaks down the nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, uh, discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, the uh, uh, interpretation, uh, the working of miracles, it talks about the gift of faith, but then 
Um, so it talks about all those things, and it talks about the gifts of administration. And you start to get to verse 18, God, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. All this is 1 Corinthians 12. Then it goes on, uh, the hand can't be like the eye. It gives you the contrast of we have so many different parts of the body, but they all need each other. You know, the heart can't go, uh, well, the, well, legs, you aren't important. Well, the heart won't go nowhere, <laughs> you know, or the legs can't say, eyes, you're not important because the legs the, uh, can't go anywhere because the eyes show how you get there. So it shows the value. But then at the end of that chapter, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, um, covet earnestly the best gifts, right? It says, it, it says, covet earnestly the best gifts, and it talks about the value of that. But then it ends with a statement like this. It says, but I'll show you a more excellent way. Now, that excellent way is leading in the 1 Corinthians 13, is love. It says, I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. 1 Corinthians 13 opens up with speaking, with, it talks about speaking in tongues. It talks about uh, uh, understanding all mysteries, but if I have not love, right? So it starts to break, break down all the, he says, I can give everything I have to the poor, but if I have not love, right? So, so it starts to break down the value of love, because love is what really makes the gifts operate. Now, an interesting thing is the previous chapter it talked about unity, how we need to be together. It's very hard to harmonize and be together in the body of Christ if we don't grow up. It's very hard to be on a team. You know, most of the time the guy that's messing up the team is the person that's thinking about themselves. They're not growing up, right? They're still operating like a child. They don't realize they have a major part in the team. Same thing when you come into the body, people go, okay, well, he's special, he's a pastor, or they're special because they can sing, or this person's special because I love the way they articulate themselves. No, but we all are needed. Everybody's special. God has given us all gifts, right? And so, but we have to grow up and, and, and mature to understand that. You know, when we're, sometimes when we're childish, we'll, we'll sit behind the scenes, you know, we, we want to hide, you know, we just, we just want to hide, we, you know. You know, you know it's, it's time for your performance, and you, I'm not going out there. I'm not going, I'm not going. No, no I don't have to go. Don't th please don't send me out there. Please don't, I don't want to go out there. Please don't send me out. It, well, something in us is thinking about ourselves and thinking about if we're going to be embarrassed, and if we're going to look bad, not knowing we're special. We're special. The fact that we're, we're, we're on the, we have the opportunity for the recital. We're on the team. We, we've been placed in a position to be on the court. We have an opportunity to speak, to share, to write, to dream, to draw, to, to, to operate in artistic skills. We don't understand God designed us to be special already. But we childishly go inside of ourselves and dismiss ourselves as this God didn't fearfully, wonderfully make us like he made everybody else. But the scripture does say in Psalm 139, he fearfully and wonderfully made us, right? And so, so again, we have to, it, it's, it's for God, it's a benefit for the kingdom if we grow up. As the scripture says in Romans 8, this is another audible, uh, all, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get in our rightful place, waiting for us to grow up, right? Waiting for us to transform, not conform, which we talked about the other week. All right, so, so, all right, so are we growing up? Um, are we growing up? Are we running? Are we uh, being immature? Um, how are we going to even figure this stuff out? Let's, let's look at here at, uh, we reviewed on this scripture the last time. 
I spoke on this, Psalm 119.59. I'm going to walk through a couple of uh, uh, reviewed scriptures, but Psalm 119, verse 59. All right, so, so <laughs> that's something I try to do all the time, you know, so I don't get overconfident. Um, it says this, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. So here, so, so, so as I'm growing, I'm not just, uh, you know, you, all, you always see me use the example, doo -doo -doo -doo. I'm not just haplessly walking around life. I'm thinking, uh, Pastor Mel always says, think about what you're thinking about, right? So I'm thinking about, I'm being honest with myself. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, this is the key. The key is, I already know what I know. I'm trying to find out what I don't know. That's how I'm going to grow. Uh, John Maxwell said, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't grow. And so every day I'm trying to find out what I don't know. And it's the interesting thing is, why, do, why are people defensive? Why are people fighting? You know, because the immature part of us, are, are, we don't want to know. Because you know you're accountable for what you know. And when you discover what you don't know, guess what? You got to grow up. Right? And so I, I gave you an example of a, a nephew that's in my life. And there's a young man that's a part of this ministry. They both were at the age of 12, and they said the same statement. Why do I have to grow up? So all they did was express what a lot of us think for most of our lives. Why are we still playing? You know, I mean, why people are still out there? Don't, don't get upset. You know, some people, some people have talked about this. So I know some of y'all watching when I say why are we still playing with PlayStation. You know, more than we're growing up, you know. So... And I'm saying PlayStation, you can tell you, I'm, I never really play PlayStation, but it's probably Xbox now, right? What is it? It still is both? All right, good. I just wanted to see which one of y'all. <laughs> right. So, so the thing is, sometimes we're, 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 we're so, that's somebody's dream. And so we're participating in somebody's dream at the expense of preparing ourselves to grow up and live our own. Right? So, so just, just something to reflect on and to think about. Not a put down, but just a thinking on our ways, right? And turning our feet to his testimonies or to his word, right? And then Haggai uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Um, it's, it's a familiar scripture. It says, consider your ways, right? Consider your ways. So, so you know, hey, so as we're growing, so Venetia, we're growing up, and, and sometimes there's things that we like about our lives, but there's things that we don't, right? And so sometimes... Instead of us saying, okay, there's some things that I don't like, so what I'm going to do is consider my ways, and then there might be some adjustments I can make so I can shake off or dissolve or, or, or remove or repel some of the things I don't like, right? But sometimes it's hard for us to grow up. We want to stay stuck in, in familiar. Well, you stay stuck in familiar, you're going to attract the things that you've always attracted. To get something different, you have to do something different, right? To be something different, you have to apply yourself differently, right? And so, so this brings us to 1 John 1, 9, uh, which is a very uh, good scripture. It's normally the scripture we talk about when people want to rededicate themselves to God, right? It says, confess your sin, and God is faithful what? To, cleanse, uh, to, to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness, the guilt, the weight of it. So, but to confess my sin, I have to recognize what? I'm sinning, <laughs> Right? And, I, and I'm in need of some help. We just not condemn myself as a sinner, 
were recognized. I've slipped. I've missed it. I was reading through something in, in preparation for Sunday, and um, the author was saying, hey, man, it's, it's such a wonderful life. All we have to do is, is be aware of maybe where we are. Let God know, hey, this is, where I'm at. this is where I'm at, and I need help from there. So if you call me up and you're stranded, okay? You're my daughter. You call me up and you say, Dad, I'm stranded, right? What's, what's, what am I going to ask you? Where are you? You going to lie? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now think about this for a second before y'all jump the gun and answer the question, right? Think about it. You call me up, you're stranded, you're lost, you're in despair. My first question is what? Where are you? Your answer should be where you're at, right? Well, well God's doing the same thing. <laughs> right. So, so now, what, what Pastor Mel said was good, right? A lot of times what happens is we, we hear God saying, where are you? And we give him someplace else because we know we're not supposed to be there. But imagine you call me up and I ask you where you are. You're not supposed to be there. And you tell me someplace else. So I'm on the way to someplace else to rescue you. But I can't rescue you in a place that you're not at. I have to rescue you where you're at. So you have to confess it to me. I'm going to forgive you and cleanse it when I get there. Not your make-believe. So, so we're, we, we take the confess our sins as, well, well nobody's perfect. No, okay, now that we get this out of the way, no, okay, now, now that nobody's perfect, can we just like now confess our sins? Because if you know nobody's perfect, it should be easy for you to say, well, hey, in my lack of perfection, I slip sometimes. So God, this is where I'm at. God to cleanse you from there, right? Well, we always say here at the church, what? He can resurrect you from there, right? Right? Does that make sense? So we don't have to beat ourselves up. We just have to be honest. Right? Because what's not exposed can't be good, good. See, we, we, we understand what's happening here. All right, so now that brings us to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? If any man what? Be, come on, this is some of your uh, memory scriptures from survival kids. So, so y'all should know this, right? The survival kid people. What, what is it, Trina? If any man what? Be in Christ. He's what? A new creature. Something happened to the old things. What's happening to them? They're passed away. All, all things become what? Oh, they are, new. are they new right away? They become new. Are the old things gone right away? No, they're passed away. So there's a, uh, Pastor Mel was teaching this, right? There's a process, right? What did you say? You said, uh, you, you said something about the process is uncomfortable. But, but what's your phrase, though? It's a... All right. The process is uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Right? So, 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 so the process is uncomfortable to pass away the old things because the old things are, are, are like our kryptonite. So they're they, they eating us up, man. They're weakening us. They're stopping us from picking up our momentum. And some of the old things may taste good. They may feel good, but they need to pass away. Right? And it says all things become new. Might be uncomfortable. Right? You know, like that water may be totally uncomfortable from the Coca-Cola, right? Totally uncomfortable, but it's best for you. One is dehydrating you, and one will hydrate you. One is assisting you having aches and pains, and the other one will actually, it will actually make you hydrated, and you'll have a lot less aches and pains. Did you know that? The hydration helps you to have a lot less aches and pains. Well, I just thought I'd share that with you so you stop drinking that pop. All right? 
All right, so <laughs> all right, so let's 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 go. Let's 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 get going here. It says so, and this is the thing. So God is introducing us because uh, uh, so First Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, speak a child, thought a child, understood as a child. When I became a man, I put off childish things. Well, verse 12 says, now you know in part, but then you'll know even as you know. Now you're looking through a glass darkly, but then you'll see face to face. I said it in reverse. All right. So, so, so it's, it's, it's telling us that as we start this, out in this life, because we're born in the sin and shaped in iniquity, there's this, uh, or as the, the Amplifier says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, a dim reflection or an enigma. You know, I don't see the whole picture yet. And, you know, it's very frustrating when things aren't clear. Right? You know, this is, this is the challenge. You know, we're all geniuses. All right, so we got a couple of rights. No, no, we are. We design geniuses. Now, depending on who was messing with your software, it can kind of scramble some things. But we all designed. God fearfully and wonderfully make you. God doesn't make anything less than a genius. But this is the thing. Some of us have, have not been tampered with. So the geniuses, we see clear. Something happens, we see clear. Remember I told you I look at the cereal box, I can get the maze done every time, right? But sometimes we've been tampered with and we don't see as clear. But we take us seeing unclear as we're incompetent. No, we might have to fight to see. We talk about that at the church all the time, right? We might have to fight to see. But once you start to see, you pick up a moment. Once you gain clarity, like, okay, so they gave me these glasses and uh, I found out something in New Jersey that actually was wearing glasses when I was young. Remember I said, this is the first time I ever wore glasses in my life? Well, that's not true now. So somebody's watching from Jersey. was like, yeah. So, so, but interesting, I used to always say, they called me Keith with the glasses before I got the, the, the pair of glasses with the thick lens and had to wear the patch. And, and so now I realize I, for a period of time, all the pictures didn't have glasses. So I figured a way to, to ditch the glasses, right? But the interesting thing is when I put the glasses on, I don't see one way today and a different way tomorrow. Once I, there's clarity, there's clarity. So this is the thing. When you break through to see, every, every time you're trying to process them, you got a new job, right? So in getting a new job, there was a new systems. There was a new way of doing things. At first, it's like, what are these people doing? But if you hang around long enough, you get a testimony. You said, oh, I was rolling after that, right? You, 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 your team had a good week, right? The team that you manage had a good week. But the interesting thing is the ability to process what to do was already there. You just had to fight to see, right? And that's what it is. But we get intimidated and run. You know, you got people out here, they, they run. I, I don't like school. School is not necessarily something that you, so you're going to like, but it's something that we need. Right is what's best, right? It's not, it's not about like with school. It's about what's best. Right? And if you could see that, you would benefit from school, right? Does that make sense? The Word. It's not everybody don't, ooh, I'm going to read the Word today. Ooh, I can't wait. Wake up. No, it's, it, it's not exciting to the flesh. But guess what? It's needed. So it's not about what I like. You got this line. You know, people, somebody hits you with rat. Somebody just hit you because there ain't no pictures in here. Now, I have a, 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 a what, is that, what is it called? The... Uh, open Bible, in the back of it, it has, it has, you know, pictures of Solomon's temple and stuff like that. But basically, there's no pictures. So we live this life where we go, well, ain't no pictures in it, so I'm not going to read it because I'm a visual learner. We all are visual learners. Do you know that? 
Yeah, we all, we, we all are visual. You can't even read it without visual. Right. Right, so we all are visual. And then there's another point. We're all a visual either on the inside or the outside. We're, so even if some people, we got to produce the picture for you. So sometimes, you know, Pastor Mel, uh, when she was teaching, she used some different examples. She has, you know, remember she had uh, Chris tied up here one time. You know, <laughs> you know, Chris was bound up. So she gave you an actual visual, right? But let's say if she starts talking about Chris being tied up. There's people in this room would see Chris as tied up. So we are, I'm one of them people. You tell me something, I see it, right? So I'm a visual learner too, right? So, so we can stop all the excuses and actually decide to grow up. We can start to press through the uncomfortableness of comprehending new information. It's just, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, it's new. So, so, so I always tell the story because uh, I didn't think I wore glasses, remember? So when I uh, went to college, they sent me to an eye doctor, go to the eye doctor. He put the lens in I was supposed to see, and I jumped out the machine. I always tell that story. But it was painful. That's what, when he put the lens in I was supposed to see out of this left eye, I was like, whoa. It was, it, it was excruciating pain. You know, growing up, I used to get migraines. It felt like that. He said, oh, you were supposed to wear a patch over your eye when you was a kid, didn't you? He said, that was so you could see. So you didn't do it. So you have sight in your eye. You haven't exercised it. Y'all still think I'm talking about my eye. You have sight in your eye. You haven't exercised it. And so it's the same thing with us. When we get to a place where something's uncomfortable and it's stretching us to, to comprehend it, we're fighting to see through it. Some of us get intimidated and run. Or we go, well, uh, Ed don't know what he's, he's a manager, but he, 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 he needs to be a better manager. So you, the person that's working under Ed, that, that hasn't been trained with the skills as Ed is, is telling him he's not a good manager. Is that the only option? The, the other option could be you might have to challenge yourself to be a lot more focused, not be daydreaming, not answering texts, you know, not falling asleep. Maybe getting some rest and being alert so I can process what is Ed talking about. But I got to fight through to see, right? It's not always easy to understand. All right, so, so, so this is the thing. So we start out with foundations in our life as Christians. Um, uh, it could be the Lord's Prayer, what have you. But we, we're supposed to, to grow on those foundations, not rest in them. We have to build on the foundations, not rest in them. So every day we're supposed to be growing in God. Every day we're supposed to, uh, what is the scripture? Matthew 16, give us this day our daily bread. So, so Master, Pastor Mel always talked about how that parallels to the children of Israel when they were, uh, when they were receiving uh, manna, right? So, and then there was a point, uh, I believe it was the sixth day, whatever, he said, okay, but don't save none for tomorrow. And some people decided they didn't want to save some for the next day. When they came back to look for it, it was spoiled. Yeah, because no, 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 no. It was set up where you depend on God, not save some for tomorrow. So give us this day our daily bread is the rhema today or the revelation for today may not be what's going to help you tomorrow, right? And so, so Hebrews 6.1, let's go there. I, I haven't been here in a week, so I'm probably going kind of fast, so. It's all on video. 
<laughs> go back, we can go back and see the video, right? It's archived. All right, so Hebrews 6, 1. All right, it says, uh, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, right? Leaving the principles. So there's a foundation there. It says, let us go on to perfection, where perfection there is uh, to uh, completion, right? Let's go on to completion, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And this is of doctrines of baptisms and of laying our hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment, right? Now, I'm saying that these are basic doctrines. <laughs> so, so all these things are uh, doctrines of baptism, laying on of hands. Like people be questioning if, if laying on of hands, you, Scripture says lay hands, uh, lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. But well, to, to him, he's saying this is basic. He said, so we shouldn't be uh, stuck in, in, in the same foundations. So, okay, uh, repentance from dead works, right? So, so again, yes, there's a stage in our life where, where we want to confess our sins and repent, but we can't, it's not like uh, we're on this roller coaster ride, confess our sins, repent, confess our sins, repent, confess our sins, repent. No, there should be confess our sins, repent, and then build momentum so we're helping other people confess their sins and repent. You see what I'm saying? We should be stuck in the same seesaw battle back and forth. Hey, when well, nobody's perfect. All right, we could be stuck there forever. It's saying grow beyond the basics. Grow beyond where I just come to church on Sunday. Yeah, right? Go beyond where I just, I come to church on Sunday and I just sit and listen. Get to a place where you're taking notes. Get to a place where you're, you're going back and studying the Word. Get to a place where you're now growing into the kingdom where it's important to find out for yourself. Because I noticed, I, I, I noticed something, uh, especially the Xbox, PlayStation. You can't start playing that game. And if you're on the same level that you've been when you first start playing the game, you might as well don't play. Because it's always advancing, right? There's always levels. And I remember, uh, uh, I'm going to give him his props. Uh, uh, me and his father ministered together. We, when I, we worked together in... Uh, um, Columbus, Ohio, at uh, Columbus Christian Center, David Chase, his minister David Chase at the time, his son, Adam Chase, before he played a game, he would get the, uh, the rules, instructions, and the breakdown. He, you know, he would research, and he would find out everything about the game and how to achieve every level. You know, a lot of people just get on games and play and discover later. So before he got on the game, he already knew how to take it out. And within that day, He's mastered the game, not after he's played over and over and over. And I was like, Adam, what are you doing? He, said, he says, well, no, 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 I'm not going to play yet. <laughs> I'm going to study this thing to learn how to beat it. And then once I studied it, now I'm going to go play. He did that for a game. How come we don't do that for our lives? Right? So, so we, we research all the time. We spend time in research. Some of y'all, before you got your car, you did a lot of research, right? Over and over and over, all different types. Some of you, before you got your homes, you researched, right? You traveled all over, the, uh, all over uh, North Carolina before you got the home, right? Researching. Yeah, uh, some disappointments. So, so when you got the first disappointment, you, you, stop, you stop searching. 
they wouldn't give me that house. I'm not looking for no more houses. Is that how it rolls? Oh, I'm sorry. She said Ed. So that's what you did? <laughs> She's ready to call it quits. Is that what you got? That's, how, that's what you want? Look, 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 the husband going to the wife. Like, this is in the wife ready to just shut it down. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but, 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 but the reality is, it's, it's where you're going to live. Right? Family coming in and out. Hey, it's your refuge. It's when it's crazy out here, you get to go there. So you don't want to just be in any place, right? Right? Ain't that right, Lomaxes? <laughs> right? So, so, so there's some research involved, right? So what about life? You don't want to just live any old life, do you? <laughs> right? So there's some research involved. Right? Peace costs something. All right, I just wanted us to think about this as we grow beyond the foundation. So, so, so basically, we're talking about growing up, but we're talking about change, right? So the key to change is opening up to what you don't know. The key to change is opening up to what you don't know. Right, I'm going to read this passage, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified because I thought it really uh, spoke to some things. We've read this. This scripture's popped up here probably quite a few times in the last few weeks since uh, we had the fast week. Um, I forgot somebody was teaching you this, but 2 Peter uh, 1, 3 through 9. It says, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, Right? For by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disruptible desire and become sharers of the divine nature. For this very reason, applying, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, and understanding, and in, in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love that is learned to unselfishly seek the best for others and do things for their benefit. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing, the thought is that you're growing in them, uh, in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, right? They will keep you from being useless <laughs> and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. For, who, for whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from old sins. So, it's, it's, so what he's saying is we're growing towards spiritual maturity. We're increasing. And he says, yes, it's wonderful that you're diligent. Add something to that. It's wonderful that you're steadfast. Add something to that. Right? Keep growing. It's, 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 it's wonderful that you have a little self-control. Add something to that. Don't park at what you're, you've mastered. Grow and challenge yourself 
uh, with some things that you haven't been able to master yet. See, so we have this default as we fight maturity to say, well, I'm going to stay in this pocket here because I shine here. I don't want to step outside of this this comfort zone because I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to have to grow. I'm going to have to figure stuff out. People can, I'm going to have to be accountable and responsible, right? But that's what we want to do. That's what's going to help us to grow, right? Putting ourselves, I was, I was sharing this with somebody. I've always shared it with my son. I said, son, you got to be able to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. I said, I said if keep putting yourself, so... Uh, you know, I just went down memory lane because I was going through basketball courts. I went to my old college gym. And, you know, I was just reflecting on all these places I played ball. So I ran into a guy that was a phenomenal basketball player, played at Long Island University. I give Rob props. And, uh, but, and I told him, I said, if, if, you, if, if I found out we were playing him, that team, I was like, oh, we got a game today. But what I told him, I said, what I would do is, I told everybody, I would go to all the basketball courts I wasn't accepted at. Like there's certain, in Newark, New Jersey, there's certain places that was, okay, you're not from here. I would go to those places. And, 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 and I give myself two weeks to, when I show up, yo, yo, put him on the team. But then I wouldn't settle for that. Now I'll go someplace else. I didn't just stay there for three years, four years. No, I'll go to someplace else I wasn't accepted. I just kept going to places I wasn't accepted so I can go anywhere, right? Not, not looking for comfort, looking for to be uncomfortable because I know that was going to make me better. And I wanted to be the best, especially at basketball. And so, so we have to invite the uncomfortable situation. We have to invite opportunities for humility. See, when we don't want to grow up, we're looking to, to, to hide, Right? I, uh, man of God, Lester Summerall, I'm working on something for Sunday. And he was saying, he says, hey, if they build a circle and they don't invite you, you know, like sometimes you go, see, they, they think they're better than me or, or I know they got their little crew. They invite me. It, it said, build a bigger circle and take them in. <laughs> you know, as opposed to they won't, nobody, no, nobody, nobody's speaking to me. Cool. I'll create an environment where I can speak to them. What's wrong with that? What, what, nobody thought about me. Well, they spoke to such and such, but no one spoke to me. Did you speak? It's, it's a situation. Yeah. Hey, uh, 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 hey uh, uh, Pastor Brown, I just want to let you know, I was in a situation and no one spoke to me. How many people did you speak to? Uh, no one. So they could have all walked out of the room and said, I, I, don't want, I don't understand. She came here and she didn't speak to none of us. Well, my niece was like that. I was in there, you know, all I was in there. Ain't nobody say nothing to me. I said, who was you talking to? She said, nobody. They could have been sitting there going, man, she's awfully standoffish. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's easy for us to, to uh, have the immature response. And so, 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 again, this growing process is going to be new information. We're going to challenge ourselves to be accountable and responsible. We talked about the whole six months to focus for the end of the year, but uh, we're going to have to embrace new information. See, the person limited to stale information doesn't grow. The person limited to stale information doesn't grow, right? The scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I already gave you the scripture in Matthew, that's Matthew 4, 4. I gave you the scripture in Matthew 6, 
uh, the Lord's Prayer, where he says, give us, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Give us new information. And, and, and so, so I'm going to share this to you because I said, you know, I did say uh, stale information. Uh, you notice I didn't say stale revelation. But even if you get the same word of God, let God breathe new revelation on it. Even if, you, even if you're reading the same. So you, you might hear the scripture be like, oh, I know that scripture. No, 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 no. Listen. There's, there's, God constantly peels new revelation on the same scripture, right? Uh, scripture says in Isaiah that, that, that his understanding is, is so, it's unsearchable. It's so deep, like it doesn't bottom out, right? So it's not just about, again, what God told us. It's about what we realized. It's not just what God told us. It's about what we realized. It's not about what he's telling us. It's about what we realize. So, again, it's not, you know, so you can read the scripture that says, I know what God told me, right? So, you got, the, you got the surface. You got the logos. But did you get the rhema? What you realize. See, it's different. You can hear something but not realize what God has been trying to tell you the whole time, right? They, they have ears but they don't understand, right? They have eyes but they can't perceive. This is what the scripture says. Right? So new revelation equals new destination. New revelation equals new destination. So you ever sit in a situation and you be like, man, I've read that a thousand times. I never saw that. Or you ever been in a situation they've been telling me that, but I wasn't really listening. So I'll give you an example. Transparently, I was, uh, you know, I went home. Well, I went back to New Jersey. This is actually my home now. But I went back to New Jersey, and um, one other time, and one of the, so I told you I was, I was, so I actually have to visit two families, and I still, I apologize, I really didn't get to see everybody. Because it's just, so, because I have, obviously my, my birth family I'm going to see, but the people that raised me, I, I, go, I try to see some of them also. And so, so, and so those were, Till I was 17, those are my cousins, my sisters, my, you know, my little sisters, my little brothers. So one of them said, we were wondering what happened to you. I've been looking for you for a long time because, you know, uh, one of the people made a statement that hurt my feelings. So I said, well, I'm not coming back. But I was reacting to the one person. But there was people that, that I was a big brother to or I was a cousin to. And so what I thought through, I thought through the whole picture. I was like, wow. I said, I was so busy clouded by my pain, I didn't realize the other relationships, you know, the other family members, you know. I just kind of caught up in my own world. And some of us think like that, too. We're, we're so busy looking at what's uncomfortable to us, we're not, we're losing sight of the big picture, right? And, and, and so I realized that that was a revelation for me. The, person, the people that made the statement for a long time, I was looking for you, where you at? And I'm like, oh, you know, I just, uh, I explained why I didn't come back, but I never, I got a, another revelation. Something else was revealed to me. And, and, and this is the thing. So, so I had to change my perspective. And I'll, and I'll share this with you. Change is rarely comfortable. It's rarely comfortable. Change is rarely comfortable. Obviously, as you've been growing, um, you know, you, you know, your nails grow, stuff like that. I mean, 
everybody don't experience pain with things of those natures. But like to really change in life, it's really comfortable. So if you're looking for a change at your convenience, you're probably not going to change, right? And um, I, 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 I twisted the phrase a little bit, not twisted it. I don't like to use that word. But I've, I've changed it a little bit. I shared this with you the other week. What will we do if we weren't afraid? What will we do if we weren't afraid? Now, we have a, a teaching on fear coming up here soon. Um, yeah, so just really, so, so it's, it might be in three or four weeks, but it's, it's coming, coming to a church near you. But what will we do if we weren't, we weren't afraid? Let me say it this way. What will we do if we weren't afraid to change? To like, I mean, really change. I'm not talking about just at your convenience, but to really change. Um, and this is the thing. God is sending people constantly in our life to help us to change, and, and we're, we're kicking and screaming, fighting, running from it. We decide if we want to accept what, what God is sending to us for change. But God said to set, us in the memory, set the members in the body as it pleases him. I might hit a little bit of that on Sunday when we talk about flowing in the gifts, but people are placed in our life to assist us in transforming into purpose. So people are placed in, placed in our life to assist us in a transforming into purpose. And a lot of times we're rejecting it because it's not comfortable. See, again, pride can be described as I've arrived. But it also be ascribed, described as I've arrived to a point where I can assess even the help that I get. But why do you need help? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You need help. There's a reason why you need help. But, but you know, we, we spend so much time staying in our own bubbles, we, we probably don't realize we're rejecting every, every gift that God has sent us to assist us in, in the evolving into what he's designed us to do. You know, because God has purposed us for something, right? So for, I, I gave you 1 Corinthians 12, 18 earlier. God set the members in the body as it pleases him not as it pleases us, right? The scripture in, in uh, Ephesians 4, 16, it says we're fitly joined together. So we're fitly joined together. So Ed, if, if, my, if my body is fitly joined together, that means everything has is, is, is been set up. If something is interrupted, it's going to interrupt the whole body. You, you, you ever let's like really mess up your pinky? Like, you know, well, I already showed you mine is all crooked, uh, you know, from basketball. But you would think it's just something simple. And, and any basketball player tell you this. Like, you, you know, you, you hurt your pinky, you'd be like, that's just my pinky. And this is my left hand. I mean, I shoot with both of them, but, but predominantly I shoot right-handed, right? And so little pinky, and I'm trying to dribble. It just, I just can't flow the same way. I can't, you know, I don't have that groove like I normally would have, right? Or if I hurt my thumb, like now... I'm trying to, you know, we got these little things. We try to tape it and do stuff. And you can't find a good way to tape your thumb. Your fingers, we would tape together like this or like this. But, but something as simple as the thumb, now I ain't paid it no mind. Now it's, it's dominating the way I want to flow. The way I want to grab stuff, pick up stuff, hold stuff. My elbow had been hurting for weeks. And just little simple, like when I'm, I'm reading in a study and I lean, I can't lean that way. Now, now I'm trying to hold my arm like this, you know, just trying to do all different things. And I, 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 I hit this thing a couple of times, something simple. So, that, so my elbow's like, I thought I wasn't important. 
You feel me, don't you? <laughs> well, interesting thing is people are like that in our life. They're, they're important. We're, we're taking them as insignificant, but they're fitly joined in this body with us together, and we're blowing them off because we've sized up their value. We're not looking through the lenses of God. We're looking through the lens of our own lenses. But everybody is important. <laughs> it's all going to connect to something down the road. But uh, so Pro- Pro- Proverbs 15, 22. Proverbs 15, 22. Let's look at that real quick. Because here, you know, we're... The scripture says, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to, in harmony with his purpose, right? Is that, is that right? I didn't misquote that, did I? His purpose. It doesn't say our purpose. So, so, so look, at, look at this. Uh, Proverbs 15, 22. It says, without counsel. Purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counsel, counselors, they are established. So without counsel, purposes are disappointed. We're missing some appointments, right? And so uh, the scripture says in Genesis 2, it says, it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Genesis 2.18 says it's not good for man alone. Why? Because we're going to lean to our understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We've gone through this thousands of times here at the church. Uh, lean to our understanding. Look, we can end up opposing ourselves, 2 Timothy 2. Well, we have to be recovered from ourselves. Remember, the prodigal son came to himself, Luke 15, 17. Right? So, so it's not good for people to be alone. It's not good for people to isolate themselves. You know you can be in a room and be isolated? You can be in a crowded room and be isolated. What is it? Is the old song, your, your body's here with me, but your mind's on the other side of town? No, that was actually a lyric in the song. Yeah. I, I didn't need you to sing it right now in the church. She's about to sing. Yeah, she's <laughs> Right. But, 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 but that's true. And what happens is because we haven't let anybody in. And so, so, so how do we fitly join together? How do we engraft ourselves? How do we merge together? How do we benefit from people? How do we get the counsel we need so our purposes aren't disappointed? Right? We got to open up, right? Uh, Proverbs 25, uh, we quote this scripture around here a lot at the church. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. So I learned this scripture because I was in a situation where I had to minister to a minister. And this minister was uh, out ahead of me in ministry. And he rolled up on me one day and just asked me, he was really going through something. And I had answers on the inside, but I didn't want to share because I didn't, you know, I, I want to, I always like to, uh, I reverence you know, people and what they do. And I was like, well, I don't know how he's going to take this, but I, there was nothing I could do. I, had to, I just had to give it to him. So I shared it with him. He said, man, you really helped me. I said, really? In all honesty, everything I shared was already in you. I said, because you're dealing with the pain, you didn't have the strength to pull it out. 
the strong bears the infirmities of the weak. I said, so all I did was go in, pull it out so you could see. So you already had it. See, that it was, it was, that counsel was in his heart like deep water. But I was the man of understanding to draw it out, right? But imagine if he, if, if, if in pride, the Lord sent him to get help from me. And he was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a senior minister over this guy. Why would I go for him, to him for help? See, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? And so, so our foundational scripture here, uh, the, the church vision is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, right? And the foundational scripture is Galatians 4, 1 and 2. Uh, the heir differs nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the father. Teachers and trainers until the appointed time. Not the appointed time of Keith, not the appointed time of Pastor Mel, not the appointed time of Ed or Venetia, to the appointed time of the father. If you're delayed in your appointment, talk to the father. Right? Do we talk to the father? I just think they should be doing this sooner. Did you talk to the father? Because it's the appointed time of the father, right? And it says you're under, listen, that, that heir is no different than a servant as long as he's a child. See, he's a child. He's fighting growing up. The delay is not the tutors and governors. The delay is not even God. The delay is the person that doesn't want to grow up, doesn't want to embrace what they don't know, right? Doesn't, does, doesn't want to do the uncomfortable thing. That's what the challenge is. It ain't, it, it, it ain't the tutors and governors, even though they're going to get the heat. It ain't God. It's you. Or it's us. That's probably a better way of saying it. That is a better way of saying it. It's us. We're the delay, right? See, to reject help is to frustrate transformation. To reject help is to frustrate ter- transformation. And, and let me tell you how this happens. Because it's, it's happening now. It's happening now in the airways, happening now in the room. You hear stuff that goes, man, I know God's been getting on me to grow up. You're right now. You're feeling it right now. But there's an uneasiness on the inside of you. And the uneasiness will either be something you go, well, I'm just going to have to be uneasy, but I'm going to grow up. Or I'm, I'm going to soothe the uneasiness and back off. But everybody's been that goes through it. It's not, it's not, there's no rock and My wife, if she goes, honey, I need to talk to you. I grip my teeth and say, what truth that I have to hear that I'm not aware of now? <laughs> but guess what? I'm, I receive, I receive it. I, I, then we're we, we going to have some conversations because, you know, you, you know, you got to present it to me a certain way. I mean, like, not, not a certain way. She's always packages right. But if, if, if let's say, if, if God tells her to say something, she don't say it direct, then she might go, well, he might be uncomfortable with this. Well, she's going to leave out stuff. So then I'm going, well, hold on, what about this and what about that? But if she just says what God tells her to say, I, I can't get around it because it's the truth, right? Well, that's, there's something inside me that may not want to grow up there. But guess what? I know I don't have a choice. I have to do it. I have to do what's best, right? So, so that uneasiness that you're feeling, uh, uh, Pastor Mel's friends out there in TV land, right, the people that's watching, that you feel it. listen, if you can break through that, you're unstoppable. Your momentum is on the other side of that uneasiness on the inside. Your momentum is on the other side of that uncomfortableness on the inside. 
that embarrassment, all right? See, so God is sending us agents of change to help us to grow up, right? And they're equipped with the love to share, the truth to offer, and the discernment for us to see. God's sending us agents of change. They're equipped with the love to share, right? The truth to offer us, because you can, you can reject or accept the truth, right? And the discernment to see. So, so, so as me and Pastor Mal, as we, you know, are agents of change, you ever talk to somebody and God shows you something that you see, and when you're talking to them, their response is if you blind? Yeah, I, okay, we don't have to get that deep. You ever talk to your kids and you see something and they respond to you like, you crazy? Because that's what we do with God. I just thought I'd use the kids because I know y'all would understand that. But because but, I've had some conversations, don't take this personal if, if you think you're the person I'm talking to out there in TV land, right? I had some conversations and I'm like, I know I ain't crazy. And the person's talking to me like I am crazy. And, and I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. But what keeps me... And then eventually I say two or three things, and the person goes, well, to be honest, man, I've just been in denial. But suppose I would have retreated after, after they rejected the first counsel, right? So, so, so the people that are agents of change have to have a level of discernment because they have to see through your excuses, right? Can I get amen? amen. <laughs> see, this is what happens. Our habits of hustle can alienate God-given help. Our habits of hustle can alienate God-given help. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Our habits of hustle can alienate God-given help. So hustle, you know, I mean, of course you got, y'all you know what, you know, hustle, hustle is. But it's, it's the ability to get around things. You know, some of us are reflex, because I, I, I was talking to somebody and, and they responded, and it sounded good. And I was like, well, hold on, man, that ain't true. And God, God told me, he was like, he said, they just reflex. They've been doing this their whole life. They have, they have quick recognition. You, you know, some people can run circles around uh, uh, therapists and counselors. Well, you in the business. You know that, right? And you'd be like, you really want to say you can't because you're a professional, but you really want to say stop lying, don't you? I'm not going to say who it is, so y'all won't know that that's what they want to say. But, you know, you do, right? Well, well, this is the thing. But you know there's people that reflex quick, like they got an answer for everything. And it's a lie. They're in denial. And so consider our ways. See the ways we're traveling. Consider our thoughts. We got to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes our reflex is hustle and it's alienating our, our God-given hope. Because some of us have mastered the ability to respond so well, you've convinced the hell that they tripping. You know, they'd be like, oh, maybe, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe you're right. Oh, I apologize. They apologizing, going home, feeling bad. I should have never said that to them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. How irresponsible I am. And the whole time, you, you at the house, <laughs> got them again. Right? But you didn't help yourself. You ran from the truth that was going to free you from the thing that's been causing pain. Right? See, a lot of times we're wise to the street, but we're ignorant to the truth. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm streetwise. Okay, that's nice. But you, you, you haven't seen the truth in the last 15 years. <laughs> right? The truth is the whole picture. And what's, what's causing us problems is we can't see the whole picture. You know, they say sometimes people are not any earthly good. So sometimes we're so earthly we have no spiritual good or, or purpose. Right? We're so, we've mastered the how to flow earthly. And this is the thing. So we're, we're, I'm, a, I'm about to close out here in a second. But the problem and the power of change in a lot of our lives is something called choice. So it's the problem sometimes and sometimes it's the power because it depends on the choice that you make, right? So the, the problem and the power of change is choice. And, and as we grow as Christians, I think uh, choices are fumbled when discipleship is confused. Choices are fumbled. So in other words, as, as we're growing people and we're discipling them, if you confuse disciples, discipleship as put-downs or as, uh, like you twist it into, you know, somebody trying to find out what's wrong with you. No, discipleship is growing you. Right, if you confuse that, right, you'll, you'll fumble these choices that you have an opportunity to have. See, see, our choices should be based on loyalty to purpose, not loyalty to pride, position, or proximity. Our choices should be based on loyalty to purpose. In other words, so as I'm making decisions and choices, I'm playing off a of purpose. I'm playing off of God's design. I'm not playing off of, you know, I got to stay in this position to look good. You know, proximity. You know, a lot of times proximity is uh, family, friends, fraternities, finances. We're playing off of, you know, I got I to gotta look at a certain place money-wise. I got I to gotta make sure these people see me in a certain place. No, if it's going to cheat purpose, I'm just going to look bad in front of them. I'm going to have to break, or we used to say, don't get offended, but we used to say leaning on the shield, you know, because I pledge. And the thing is, but if it comes to God's purpose in my life, the shield, family, uh, fraternity, whatever, uh, finances, none of it is important. God's purpose in my life has to take priority, and that's, we have to grow up to understand that. That has to be my priority. You know, we invest so much in, in, in other things and we lose sight of a, a, a called according to his purpose. So all things work together. Like, I want all things to work together for my good, even if it starts out crazy. So I want to make sure I'm in harmony with God's purpose, Romans 8, 28, right? I want to make sure I'm in harmony with God, God's purpose. And this is the thing, like, so, so as we grow up, we got to get beyond just... Uh, just the, the sacrifice and appeasement level of our life. Because this is the thing, sacrifices and a, a, appeasement affects the moment. Obedience affects your life. So I can make a, that's why the scripture says I'd rather obedience than sacrifice, right? So, so I, I'm a sacrifice for you, Ed, I'm a sacrifice for you. Well, that might affect the moment. But God can, God be telling me something that's obedient that you might not like, right? That's gonna, 
benefit your life. I remember my son made a crazy decision, and me and my wife had a conversation. I said, well, sweetheart, I can't help a situation at the expense of his life. I said, so, so I might not be liked on this one, but his life is more important than me being liked. Right? So, so, so again, sacri- so, so I could appease. You know, in the early part of our marriage, I would appease, not because my wife requested it, because I just didn't have the courage to do anything outside of that. So I was just, okay, okay, okay. But then when things backfired, I couldn't blame her. I had to blame me. God was like, what did I tell you to do? You're going to have to go through being uncomfortable at times. So I had to learn to be obedient in the midst of opposition or, or sometimes emotion, mine or or my wife. She has to learn to be obedient no matter what I want to do, right? And so with that, that is going to affect our lives. The sacrifice and appeasement is just a moment. That moment don't last that long. But obedience lasts a lifetime, right? So, so, so these are some of the things we have to think. I just want to challenge us as we grow up in this particular section of what we're talking about. We'll probably talk about this again next week. To take back our choices. It's, uh, one year, uh, it was one, one year I was opening up to start the vision for our household. I don't know, this is probably about 90, I don't know, might be, no, nah, it's probably 99, 2000. And when I was in my study, a guy said, okay, this year, Keith, I want you to take back your choices. I said, huh? He said, yeah, you don't, you, he said, Keith, you're making all your choices based on what everybody else thinks. With everybody else's approval. What everybody else is going to like. He says, it's all, your whole significance is everybody else. C- could we come back to me? He said, come back to your approval as me. Take back your choices. Right? If, if I'm pleased, you should be good. As my wife said, if, 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 only God, what'd you say? if only God knows, that should be enough. Right? You know, she was in a situation. She was like, but they're not going to know the truth. And God told her. If only I know, that should, that's, that's going to have to be enough, right? So we have to take back our choices. And don't make other people responsible for your choices. Well, as soon as they do this, no, 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 no. What is God telling you to do? Be obedient. You can't make people uh, responsible for your choices. Uh, this, is not, this is not me. I actually got this from a movie, The Stealth. But it says, in, in war, action should never be divorced from the consequences. So in war, action shouldn't be divorced from the consequences. The Bible says the curse causeless shall not come. So again, if I'm making proper choices, I have to understand that my actions are attached to consequences. I can't, I can't divide them, right? And then I, I got this from Byron Rustin. Uh, history is not an accident. History is a choice. History is not an accident. History is a choice. And so, you know, next week we'll get into crucial and unpopular decisions, which is my favorite topic. Uh, So uh, as we're talking about growing up, you know, making some changes, we'll get into, you know, how when, you know, as we mature, you know, we might have seven to ten crucial and unpopular decisions in our life. You know, you know, like, you know, how you're going with the moment. So you're hanging out with the girls. We all in agreement. But then God tells you to do something that's outside of the flow. Now you have a crucial and unpopular decision to make. It's crucial, you know, because this pressure for you is unpopular because everybody's not going to, may not agree. (laughs) It may be different. It may be outside of the norm. 
Um, it's gonna, we're going to talk about more than that next week. But, but uh, that's enough for tonight um, as far as talking about growing up. Uh, it's good to be back. I probably had a whole lot in me, you know. Uh, I miss y'all too.